This is the Cherry Leaf Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Cherry Leaf Podcast. It's July 2020 and this episode of the Cherry Leaf Podcast is brought to you by our training division. We've got a number of online courses, including our very popular induction course. This is accredited by the Institute of Scientific and Technical Communicators in the United Kingdom. And if that isn't enough for you, it's also accredited by the Australian Society for Technical Communication. And if that isn't enough for you, it's also accredited by TACOM NZ, which is the professional body in New Zealand. It's also now approved and recommended by the American Society for Technical Communication. And if it's not enough that it's approved by the ISTC, the ASTC, TACOM New Zealand and STC, well, I'm stuck. Anyhow, if you are new to technical writing, then this is the course for you. We've also got a course for developers focusing on developer type documentation. So if you go to cherryleaf.com and follow the links to the online training courses, then you can see what's available. In this episode, we're going to be looking at some new and emerging applications from Microsoft and from Adobe. So we're going to look at Microsoft Fluid, Microsoft Editor, and Microsoft Lists. They are aimed at the wider mainstream community of business users and individuals, but they do have interest within the sphere of technical communication as well, in terms of pointing towards what may happen in the future and, and may be useful today. And we'll also look at Adobe's latest release of RoboHelp. Microsoft is rolling out over time a product called Microsoft Fluid with new features and capabilities being added over time. And it's interesting in terms of what it does and its similarities with some of the concepts that technical communicators are used to in terms of structured content and reusable chunks of information. And it may help technical communicators in explaining what they mean by single sourcing and what's special about the applications that they use by referencing Microsoft Fluid and that being a way for non-technical authors to understand the importance and the power of those types of capabilities within applications. So Microsoft's going to be introducing some cross-application, reusable, structured content capabilities. Those capabilities are going to be introduced into a number of different Microsoft Office products. The way that Microsoft describes Fluid is that it is a way to create collaborative tables, documents, and sheets that move between applications, whether you're using or chatting in Microsoft Teams or inside of an existing email thread. And they say it's going to be a framework that connects the existing suite together. So let's quote from some of the blog posts. 
Collaboration in the workplace is evolving and is more important than ever. As a next step, we, that's Microsoft, are excited to introduce the upcoming preview availability of Microsoft Fluid Components. Write from an email in Outlook for the web, create connected components that allow you to express your ideas and solve business problems. Fluid components come in many forms, tables, charts, task lists, and more. Easily insert a wide range of components right into emails and chats. The permissions and access are handled automatically and the data is easy to use and find later. Because Fluid Components stay updated no matter where they are hosted across Office applications, the information stays updated and relevant. But unlike a document, a Fluid Component is a little atomic unit of productivity and fully rendered in line. You do not click on a component and go to another browser tag. You see the entire component in context and can immediately start editing. So what you have is embedded objects in a document and that embedded object is from another document. And if somebody changes that other document in real time, you see that change happening in the document that you're viewing or the email that you're viewing or the team page that you're viewing. And you also have the ability to go in and make edits to that component yourself. And then the changes that you make will be reflected in all the other places where that component is embedded and in the original embedded component or original embedded document. So this is like embedded single sourced snippets or topics within a help authoring tool. But it's viewable and changing in real time, unlike with say an application like RoboHelp or Flare where you publish to make those changes appear. In this situation, those changes are happening real time. So this object linking and embedding has been around for a while. There are tools like Coda that offer this today. And in the past, Microsoft has promoted the idea of object linking and embedding, where you could embed a Excel spreadsheet into a Word report, and you could make the change in Excel, twiddle your thumbs for a few minutes, and then finally that document section would be updated within your Word document. And Google had an attempt at doing this as well with Google Wave, which was a product they launched maybe six, seven years ago, which had a lot of interesting technology, but really didn't find its place in the marketplace. So in last year's Microsoft Build conference event, they previewed how it could work and they demonstrated two active uses for it. First was live translation within Microsoft Word for each participant, and they could view the document in their own native language whilst it was being written. And the second example was the ability to share real-time tables within Microsoft Teams chat feature and the ability for people to actually interact with them. And it is possible today for you to have a look at Microsoft Fluid and play around with it. If you go to fluid.microsoft.com and you sign in with an Office 365 or Microsoft 365 login, 
you can create some components. It's pretty limited at the moment, but the idea is that it will grow and extend. In an interview with The Verge website, Jared Spataro, who's the head of Microsoft 365 said, imagine you could take those Lego pieces and put them in any place you wanted, in emails, in chat, in other applications. As people work on them, they will always be updated and contain the latest information. And John Friedman, who's the Corporate Vice President of Design and Research at Microsoft, said, it's truly real time for five, 10, 15 or 100 people to do things at the same time. So what this means is if you're a technical writer or content strategist and you're trying to explain that concept of reusable objects across different documents, that you can now reference and say, it's like Microsoft Fluid components. It's like those Lego style components that people talk about that you can embed in emails and Teams now. We're doing that with larger, more complex documents. It may also have the potential, may be possible to use it for certain types of technical documentation as well. For example, policies and procedures where you have a culture or company or an organization that wants to write their content in Microsoft Word. It may be possible, haven't tested this out yet, but it may be possible for you to create warning notices or notes as reusable components and have them embedded in different documents, different Word documents, and be able to make a change to that warning, to that legal notice, and have that instantly update itself in all of the online versions of that Microsoft Word document, or to make that change and then be able to more easily print out the updated version of that Word document. The second product that Microsoft has come out with in recent times is Microsoft Editor. And Microsoft is saying that Microsoft Editor will give writers the option to use intelligent tools to craft more polished prose in documents, emails, and posts across the web. The new tools in Editor are available through Editor in Word, Editor in Outlook, and there is also a new Editor browser extension, which you can use to catch mistakes and write more confidently when you're using social media sites like Twitter or Facebook and communicating elsewhere on the web. So Editor comes with different levels of availability depending on which of Microsoft 365 subscription level you're at. The basic speller and grammar checks will be available to everyone. And then there are more advanced AI features for people on higher paid subscription plans. So Editor is driven by artificial intelligence. And there are some new features that have been added to the existing editor-like applications that Microsoft offers, including language critiques for inclusive language that are not turned on automatically, but you can choose to turn on. So it's not going to impose itself automatically. You can choose to have that on. Certain users have a unique writing style and they don't want that overwritten by algorithms rewriting their prose. And so 
there is within Editor in Word suggestion tools that can just provide some ideas or inspirations for the writer. So let's look at some of the different features or ways in which Editor appears. One is Editor in Word. It used to be known as Ideas in Word and it offers a range of ways to help you catch mistakes and communicate clearly in more than 20 languages. And for those different languages, it makes suggestions of ways to write that are more in tune with how native language speakers speak and write. In addition to the 20 plus languages in which editor can provide suggestions, the editor pane in Word is also available now in French, Spanish, English and German. Editor can check your document for spelling, grammar and style refinements whilst keeping you in control. When you want additional assistance, you can open the editor pane by clicking on a pen icon in the ribbon. And this is being rolled out over time into different applications. So watch out for that pen icon appearing in your version of Word. And editor can analyze your writing and give you statistics on readability, distinct words, and the time needed to read the document. The inclusive language suggestions are things like changing words from fireman to firefighter to eliminate biases based on gender, age, ability, and so on. And for Word for the web in English, it can also suggest or provide rewriting suggestions to improve your fluency, conciseness, and readability. Editor also has a similarity checker and it can help you by identifying potentially unoriginal content and make it easy to insert relevant citations. And this is going to be rolled out in the coming months for Word for the Web. So on the rewrite suggestions, rewrite suggestions, it says, makes it even easier to optimize your writing for fluency, conciseness or readability. To get started, just highlight a sentence, right click on it and then select rewrite suggestions from the context menu. And this will be available in Word for the Web in English only at the moment. And we'll provide some links in the show notes to the websites and blog posts that provide more information on Microsoft Editor. The third application is Microsoft Lists. And this is a Microsoft 365 application that helps you track information and organize your work. Now, it seems to be that Microsoft has three applications for every common task that's out there. And there is already Microsoft Planner and Microsoft To Do to help you schedule and plan your work. Microsoft Lists is another one that has some overlap with those two applications, but seems to be aimed primarily at people that want to manage objects and items and want to manage lists within Microsoft Teams. So Microsoft says lists are simple, smart and flexible. So you can stay on top of what matters most to your team. You can track issues, assets, routines, contacts, inventory and more using customizable views and smart rules and alerts to keep everyone in sync. With ready-made templates, you can quickly start lists online on our new mobile app and directly from within Microsoft Teams. You can use Microsoft Teams to collaborate on lists using flexible views like grids, cards, and calendar. 
This brings content and conversation side by side in one integrated experience. You can either add an existing list to a Teams channel or create a new list directly in Teams and chat on individual list items. And from the videos that demonstrate how it can be used, this seems to be the main use case that you can use it within Teams with your group to collaboratively work on a project. Microsoft has designed templates tailored to specific use cases like tracking issues, onboarding new hires, handling an event's itinerary, managing assets, and many more. These templates come with a base structure, formatting forms, conditional formatting, everything you need to get a quick start on the work that matters to you. So the example in the video is organizing and planning for a conference and organizing the speakers and who will be speaking when, what equipments they might need, which rooms they might be going into, and having the ability to set up rules so that if there's any change that affects a particular speaker, then that person could be notified by email or through a Teams notification of that change. That if there's any changes to a room that the room manager or room organizer for that specific room can get notified. There are four main views when configuring lists, list, grid, gallery, and calendar. Grid is the main style you'll see when you first create a list, which is primarily rows and columns that can be configured and reordered. They say grid is best when you want to list information to be easily edited. List is similar to grid, but without point and click editing capabilities. They say it's the view that existing SharePoint list users will be most familiar with. And gallery is a great way, they say, to highlight lists that can include images. Cards are configurable and display a row of information. And when your information includes dates, you can visualize that by using a calendar view. So there you have it, three new or upcoming applications from Microsoft that should help people write in better ways, be better communicators, that can help manage information in better ways also. And perhaps maybe extended so that they have features that can be used on larger, more complex technical documentation. The final application I want to talk about is the RoboHelp 2020 release. And that's just been announced and released. I have seen it in the preview versions that Adobe briefed a number of people on. And I must say it's a good improvement. It's a nice looking, powerful tool now. The user interface is much more modern than we've seen in previous years, much more intuitive to use. And one of the interesting things now is that RoboHelp is available in a native Mac version as well as a Windows version. So for people that prefer to use Mac OS and MacBooks, you can now use Adobe RoboHelp without having to have Windows running on your Macintosh. So there are a number of different features that are there. It does seem to be mirroring some of the competitor applications that are out there. And as those add new features, it seems to be also adding similar features itself. So let me talk about some of the new features that have come through in the latest version. So there's new versions of the table of contents. 
It can work in different ways for online outputs and book or printable outputs. And you can have for online outputs, frameless, responsive and EPUB options. It has the ability to create micro content and that allows you to create mini topics that can be used. The answer snippets and FAQ topics that you might generate within your help to create summaries of pages that would appear in the search engine results. They're standalone topics that you can integrate. And they're also positioning those that they can also be used for chatbot content as well. Now, the approach that Adobe has taken is really to specifically target it at the Google chatbot, although they do claim it could be used for other chatbots as well. It has new skins when you generate HTML5 output. These are what's called 508 and WCAG compliant, which means they're accessible. The skins are okay. Uh, they're perfectly functionable. You can now control the amount of fonts that are available for inline use. You can preview a topic in your browser. You can hover over a generated preset and select view with from the menu or right click and select view with. And then you can see that topic in your selected browser without having to publish your content to see it. There are now major changes to the PDF generation. You can set page breaks within your PDF output and your Word output. Now the PDF generation is an improvement. Interestingly, what Adobe have done is the output is based on cascading style sheets rather than being generated by other means for creating the PDF. It's not going straight to PDF, but going to CSS and then out to PDF which given the PDF is owned by Adobe is a little bit of a surprise. So what also you've got is the ability to enable subject matter experts to review your content. And now there is a web-based platform where subject matter experts can log in, view the topics that you share with them and make edits and comments. And then you can then incorporate those back into your RoboHelp project. You can now publish your content to integrate with Salesforce, ServiceNow and Zendesk. And the other interesting thing of the new features that it has is that within the application itself is you can generate a translated project and create an XLIF file that you can give to translators for them to work on. So you don't need a separate application to generate an XLIF file. So the product is going to be launched this week. I think it's actually coming out the day before this episode of the podcast is going to be published. We've seen the preview version. We need to dig into it in a bit more detail to give you a full update on all of the features. But in terms of seeing the demos from Adobe, it does look to be a good improvement on the previous versions. So that's it for this edition of the Cherry Leaf Podcast, a review of a number of new applications that are coming out. If you know of any others that we should be aware of, let me know. My Twitter handle is Ellis Pratt, or you can email info at cherryleaf.com. If you have the chance, it would be great if you could give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. The more people that rate our podcast, the more the algorithms will promote our podcast and make it available to others. And if you want more information on 
cherry leaf training and the technical writing that we do and the recruitment service again feel free to email us or check our website cherryleaf.com thank you for listening